Hi everyone, this is Olga Mack, working from home, building the future of contracts. Today I'm with my very good friend Mel, who is an in-house lawyer and has numerous adventures on social media, which are very exciting. And I'm gonna have a deep conversation with her about it. Mel, please introduce yourself. Thank you, Olga, and thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Mel Scott. I'm Senior Legal Counsel for a global technology company based here in Brisbane, Australia. You can probably tell from my accent. <laughs> we, uh, we operate in the cloud computing space. It's a B2B product. It's, it's a disruptive product, and it's an exciting place to, to work. And I'm, you know, outside of day-to-day -day legal work, I'm really passionate at passionate about creating content for all things in-house. Tell me how you ended up in-house because that's not where many people start. That is certainly not where I started. I had adventure getting there. Would love to learn about your adventure to getting to in-house. <laughs> I certainly had adventures as well. When I finished law school, I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't have any clerkships, we call them here in Australia, or graduate placements in a law firm. So I went backpacking. I went to Europe. I spent the year enjoying myself, having some downtime. And when I ran out of money, I came home. And then I thought it's time to, you know, get my foot into the door into this legal world. But I didn't have any networks. As a first-generation law, law student, law grad within the family, and so I did the only thing that I could think to do, which was to print off my resume 180 times and walk around the city, dropping it off at every wait, wait, wait. You were going around the city and saying, <laughs> hi, I want to be a lawyer. Here's my resume. Exactly. Yeah. And I wasn't fussy. I was like happy to be paralegal, even a receptionist, an assistant, a baby grad lawyer would have been amazing, but anything that was going in any any related uh, field to, to a law office, I went into barristers' chambers. So proactive. I, I yeah, very proactive and very eager and yeah. walking the walk and talking the talk and uh, and very persistent. I you know look I am pretty persistent but I don't think I've done that. That is a good thing to do. So, <laughs> so tell me how how that went when you were walking the walk and talking the talk, trying to hand out your legal resume with an open mind. Look, I didn't get any responses from that <laughs> drop. I I didn't. But I think that something shifted in the universe for me. I don't know how, but it came to pass that I did get a call from my careers officer at university who was aware of some additional opportunities at a national law firm. They were looking for graduates to start in a few months and would I be interested? And that happened three days after I, I walked around the city. So there must be something in that. I'm not sure. But I bet you somebody called and said, you guys, you guys have to get this woman off the street. <laughs> <laughs> she needs a job, I think. <laughs> yes. She's annoying everyone. <laughs> and so I, I went to that, that interview and I, I started a few months later as a graduate, which was fantastic. It was a blue chip opportunity, national firm, commercial, big law. You know, it was at, at the time, it was the holy grail for me. It was my dream job. Uh, because I didn't know about in-house. So then I did my, my junior lawyer training uh, for a few years and I found that it wasn't, 
it wasn't fulfilling me in the way that I had hoped that it would private practice. And I was able to have a secondment at a client and, and go into the client's firm and, and uh, be the lawyer in-house there. And I learned that being an in-house lawyer was a thing because I didn't know that. I wasn't taught that at law school. And I really loved that way of practice. I loved being in the business, surrounded by my colleagues, understanding their actual problems, having the full context behind the legal advice that I was giving. And that for me was a really pivotal moment where I started to understand a way to practice that I think suited my personality and that I was probably more satisfied by. So I started to put in plan, uh, put in place plans to, to move in house. And, and that did take some time. The opportunities weren't, they weren't coming across all the time for junior lawyers in house. But when they did, I would, um, I would certainly go for them. And I, I had an open mind as to industry and business. I just wanted to, to make that transition. I also networked and started to understand who were the key recruiters in the space in my area and get on the front foot, get in front of them before they had opportunities come up so that they thought of me. And that's what happened. And then I, I landed a job at Brisbane Airport Corporation, working in-house there and across a, an incredible, uh, diverse and array of, of areas, construction, infrastructure, property, you know, aviation, obviously, and water and electricity, you know, an airport is a small council to, to some degree and everything that goes on in a little city happens in an airport. So I, I got an incredible exposure to so many areas. Wow. What a journey. So let's talk about the difference between the in-house and the private practice. What, what are the main differences if you had to summarize in kind of three to five bullet points? Sure. What are the well, main number differences? one. <laughs> Easy. Number one, no billable hours. Most in-house lawyers do not track their time by billable units. We're not necessarily going to be, um, uh, you know, assessed against the quantity of our input. We're assessed by our performance and the quality of our output. And I think that that's a huge difference in the practice. And I think it creates a freedom to... Uh, I suppose, deep dive into the industry, into the business and spend time really understanding the business that you work for, the strategy, and not having to think that this isn't billable and I shouldn't be doing it. There's, there's no delineation there. So that's number one. I think also the opportunity to work across, the, you know, such diversity in in-house departments. On any given day, I could be giving advice on an employment law matter, privacy, reviewing a commercial contract, perhaps a dispute, intellectual property, and then industry-specific things. Uh, for us in tech, you know, the, there's patent work uh, and there's a lot of licensing, software subscription, uh, and and assisting our our software engineers with the projects that they're that they're working on, everything couldn't come across the desk of an in-house lawyer, and so I get a real breadth of of diverse work. But it's just for that one that one client, that one business that I work for, so I can deep dive into that. I think that's that's a, a key difference as well. 
Yeah, I, at some point I was at a big law firm and then moved in house. And I thought I was happy at a law firm until I found in house. And, and that, that ability to do a deep dive and really understand the industry and solve real problems that are in the intersection of law, or maybe not even, that for me was just exciting. I, I felt like I was a kid in a candy store and it was, <laughs> it was so much fun. I, I, I just couldn't stop it. So um, what, you, you know, you mentioned that you found in-house very satisfying. And that's a really good term. I love that term. I, I, I can completely relate to you. Yeah. Um, what, is, what is it about it that you found really, really satisfying? I think working closely with the business and not being tucked away in the city in a lovely tower, but being there in the business, in the weeds, in, in the thick of, of it, the problem with them and being a part of that team. There's something really, it is satisfying about knowing the people intimately that you're working with, understanding their drivers, understanding their stresses and helping them come to a solution that works for them, for their, their uh, department, the, the business overall. So there's an end-to-end, you know, problem solving going on that is, is so wonderful to be a part of. I found in private practice, I was called upon at, at the end or perhaps when it was too late or perhaps <laughs> when it was a bespoke piece of work where an expert opinion was required. And there's still so much value in that work. And I, of course, use external lawyers myself when I need to, but the day-to-day in, in the thick of it with the client working through the issues and having that context, it's so satisfying to see the bigger picture. So I think, I think that's it. And, and then working with people who are not lawyers too, you know, having a diversity of, of mindset and thinking and the way that, say, software engineers think is completely different to the way that I think, the way that my marketing colleagues think. Again, very different so I get to see the way that lots of different people from di- different disciplines approach a problem and it helps me get out of my lawyer mindset as well. I love it. You and I also have shared this, uh, I guess, fascination and excitement about technology, specifically disruptive technology. My, my husband tells me that there is no startup that Olga haven't liked. Um, <laughs> And, and that's kind of true. I, I mean, I went to law school to be in technology company and I, companies, and I basically have been living that dream both in private practice and in-house. And there's something about technology and disrupting and changing and, and, and adding value that really makes me excited to get up in the morning and be there. Um, yeah. Tell me about this experience. You, you, you've been at the airport, which is a fairly traditional um, company Um, and then at some point you ended up in this high-tech disruptive place yeah that must have been different so tell me how different and why (laughs) you like it I often compare the airport to a big steamship and my current company Megaport which has nothing to do with ports but not in the traditional sense Megaport is like a jet ski So the airport is conservative, very risk averse, as you could expect it would be. As it should be, because we should all be safe when we're flying. Absolutely. (laughs) And things happen slowly and change happens slowly. And it does happen. But there's a tried and tested way of operating an airport. 
and nobody really wants to deviate too far for good reason. But in the space that I'm in now, it's extremely dynamic. And every single day, 24-hour cycles, there will be change and there will be pivots and there will be new ideas and there will be evolutions of a project. And it's, um, oh, my goodness, it could not be more different. And I wanted something dynamic. I was looking for that experience and, you know, be careful what you wish for because I most certainly have it. And it's a completely different uh, to different cadence, my my days will chop and change in ways that I haven't experienced before, as opposed to at the airport, perhaps my it would be a week that I could plan ahead. And I knew largely how things were going to go. But now it's um, being global as well. I wake up here in Australia and my US colleagues have, have been on most of their day. And so a lot has happened and I have to jump in quickly and, and catch up and there'll be early meetings. And then I catch up and work through things and, uh, you know, to speak to the APAC, Asia Pacific colleagues. And then my European colleagues will come online towards the end of my day. So it's this constant flow of information and there's no rest. So you have to be really specific with the boundaries that you put in place with yourself and, and the technology that you allow to come into your life after hours, Slack notifications, for example. But all that being said, it is a wonderful experience because I feel like I feel like what we're doing hasn't necessarily been done before. The regulators don't necessarily understand or know our product and we have to go through a process of explaining what we do. And it's, it's new, it's cutting edge. Telecommunication regulation is the space that we, we're concerned with around licensing and in different jurisdictions around the world, the idea of uh, networking as a service and software-defined networking is... It's new, so it's it's interesting to work through those problems. I love it. I, I do agree with you that this um, beginning of the industry, especially the part where you're educating regulators, um, is super exciting. And you really just your legal skills and your drive and that 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 sum can really shine through and that enthusiasm and and, and I, I some of my lasting memories have been either in Sacramento, California or in Washington, D.C. Um, I remember I had this experience going to Washington, D.C. to one of the senator's office, and I said, hi, my name is Olga. I'll be talking to you about security of smart contracts. <laughs> and this gentleman looked at me and laughed so hard. He said, your name is Olga, and you will be talking to me about security <laughs> of smart contracts? <laughs> um, so that led to a very interesting conversation. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's, a, it's a great place to be. I want to shift gears a little bit because you and I actually never met in person, but I feel like I know you. <laughs> like I really know you. I, I've, been, I've been following you on social media, specifically Instagram. You're one of the few lawyers on Instagram, really, and you're definitely the most interesting one. Um, and, uh, and you are the only lawyer in-house who I know is on Instagram. Um, I've had my flirtations with various social media. Instagram, I find very fascinating, and I follow various artists and celebrities there. Mm -hmm. I, I, I am really a rookie there. So tell me about your adventures on Instagram. Sure. So December last year, 
I had the bright idea of creating an Instagram account that was not my personal one. And it was for my adventures through in-house law. And the, the reason I wanted to do this, it was sparked by a single conversation with someone very close to me who was a junior lawyer. And they said that they were very frustrated in their practice and that they didn't know how to enjoy being a lawyer. And it, it just broke my heart because I, I do see this as a common theme for, for early career lawyers. They go through a certain path after law school and they follow the shoulds, what they think they should do to be, to be a successful lawyer. And they do that for a few years and perhaps it's not quite what they thought it would be for them, but they don't know what their alternatives are and they feel really trapped. And I, I just thought to myself, my goodness, I've found a way to practice law that is so fun and so interesting. I just have to share that so that students and graduates and early career lawyers just have an understanding of the, the various different ways to practice. And in-house is only one of them, but it's one that's not necessarily spoken about very often and particularly in that earlier part of the career. So I started the page at the in-house lawyer and I was surprised that it was available actually. I don't know why, but I just thought, oh, it's, it's available. I'm absolutely going to take that. It's, it's who I am. I'm an in-house lawyer and let's not be fancy. Let's get on with it. And the content I started posting was, it is really aimed at that law student, law graduate, early career lawyer. And Instagram is an amazing place to reach that audience because they're there anyway. They live in that platform. And now TikTok as well, to be fair, is, is up and coming for, for that demographic. But Instagram's the place to really get that uh, 18 to 30, even 35 demographics. So it made sense. And I also enjoy the platform personally. And I like the creative ways that you can create content. So it just felt like a natural fit. So I started just creating content around what in-house is, tips for being an in-house lawyer, uh, how to interview for in-house positions, things to think about if you're wanting to transition from private practice to in-house law. Very, very much a blog post style. And it started to develop over the last year to, behind, uh, to more of a behind the scenes. And I'm using more of the stories feature to show little quick bits of, of me throughout my day that just show, I guess, what it's like to, to practice. It has been interesting because I've been at home for most of the year working from home as, as many of us have. So it hasn't been, I suppose, overly exciting. And also we're, we're so bound by confidentiality and, of course, not speaking specifically on things that, that are actually happening in the business. Um, that would be disastrous. <laughs> we're a publicly traded company and I'm very conscious of of that and I think it's something to keep in mind everything that I post goes through the filter of would my CEO be happy with me sharing this and if yes absolutely let's let's go away and the other thing that we're constricted by of course is just time and fitting things in outside of the the business as usual I have a number of colleagues that that follow me on Instagram and really love seeing how my day plays out and how it, it's different from theirs. But I'm also very conscious of, I suppose, you know, not being seen to be on Instagram all the time. 
and to you know actually be doing the work and it's something I'm, I'm very particular about and I don't think that's the impression that's given considering the the hours that I post outside of work but it's, it is something to, to be mindful of because there's sharing and there's wanting to contribute but you know I do have a day job so it's so something that we have to balance. Between the confidentiality and would my CEO approve and um you know, and kind of being seen as always on Instagram. Uh, so those are significant downsides. And, you know, I'm certain that many lawyers who are considering this, you know, would give it a thought, if not overthink it. Um, <laughs> what is the upside? Always Let's talk about the upside, right? Yeah. The upside is more interesting. So why? Not why not, yes. but why? So many whys. There's, oh my goodness, community is is amazing and creating a community and a space where you can share and give back to the next generation of lawyers and, and students that are coming through and giving them content that I wish I had when I was at that stage. I would have loved to have been able to follow someone posting content like I'm posting. So I wasn't trying to go through this path that it just felt so um, uncertain and I didn't know what I was doing and no one else around me was doing it. I didn't know any other in-house lawyers and I had to really work hard to network and understand the different industries and the different, the different ways of practicing. And if I had had a resource like the content I'm putting out, I would have been, uh, yeah, I just would have been so much better off. And the feedback that I get from the, the people that engage with me is to that effect. And it really feels it feels like I'm making some small impact on their lives to explain that it's okay if they don't enjoy the private practice world. The, the career is long. It's a marathon. There are so many ways to practice. Here's another one that, that I can offer to you and it may be something that you, that you will enjoy and, and just, just giving permission and um, perspective on career paths, I think is something that, is beneficial and I, I get a lot of value out of that because I, yeah, I enjoy giving back and creating that community. I think that just general awareness and, and personal branding is, is a big thing we talk about often and Instagram is another tool with which to do that and you just never really know where opportunities may come from uh, and opportunities don't necessarily, I don't necessarily mean a job opportunity but speaking engagements or opportunities to connect with interesting people so much of that has has come about through being on social media like meeting yourself and and coming on today to speak is an exact example of how I've been able to use the tools to just elevate my my personal brand as as someone who's known as an in-house lawyer and vaguely might be aware that oh Mel's in Australia and, and she works for a tech company and and maybe more specific but even if it's just that vague general understanding and awareness of of what I do that's you know that can have a, um, an amazing opportunities and and who knows where they'll come from but connecting with people community interesting opportunities and I think the last benefit is the creativity the way that I think when I'm making content is very different to how I think in my day-to-day -day world. And it's, it's think, but having said that, there's, there's so much that I learn from one that I take to the other. So when I'm thinking about my audience, thinking about what they want to hear from me, what will be useful, all of those thoughts 
are equally important in my job, thinking about my client, how can I present this advice to them in a way that they'll really, really get and really hit home for them and, and, and having that empathy for the audience because that, that's really what it is in, in any situation. So there's, there's certainly some, some cross-functional skills and understanding the way that um, social media works, I think, is, is important for a modern lawyer. Not just necessarily from, I mean, there is understanding risk, understanding how it works, so that if you're in business and your clients want to use it, you can certainly think about some of those issues. But just understanding the... I think it's the anatomy of Instagram as an example, the hashtags, the algorithm, the posting, all of those uh, analytics of, of how attention is distributed on a platform. I think it's really interesting to know and I think for, for business going forward, B2B and, and B2C, everyone is on social media increasingly, brands are there, that's where, where dollars are going, that's where attention is. I think it's a huge part of, of what everyone will continue to be involved in in our daily lives, sharing stories, talking about products, whatever it will be. And being in that world and understanding it for yourself, I think, is, is important too. If you wanted to learn more about the algorithm, the hashtag, the attention economy, so to speak, uh, what, is, what are the resources do you recommend? What, what are your thoughts on, on that? If I kind of like go into that platform, and when I have a dent in the universe, where do I get the basics? Google is amazing. Like, <laughs> I just Google things all the time. How to this, best hashtags for this. Um, goodness, you know, if I think of it, it's probably been Googled and someone's written an article about it. So I often start there. But the other thing to do is just to play around and to get familiar and to practice. And it does take practice. And understanding what works for your audience takes practice. Developing your style, your voice, uh, the, the graphics that you'd like to use, the pictures and the words how, how you present on video and how you'd like to, to come across. It all, it all takes practice and it evolves. And the way that I am on Instagram is very different to uh, even a year ago, and I'm sure it'll be different a year from now. There's no rules really, except the ones that I mentioned earlier for myself, you know, what would my CEO think and, and just being mindful of, of timing. But there's, it's, a fun, it's a fun way to be creative and to share. And it doesn't have to be, uh, or law stuff, people love understanding a little bit more about you and who you are and what makes you you and showing your, your morning coffee, talking about the interesting podcast that you've been listening to that has nothing to do with law, introducing your dog or, you know, family members if they're comfortable and just humanising the lawyer, humanising yourself has an incredible effect. People love to, to connect. And then when you do meet in person, they feel like they already do know you a little bit. And, and I, think that's, I think that's lovely. So you normally, you know, lawyers have been on various social media or business developing, mostly in private practice, because there is a pressure to bring business and be a rainmaker. Yeah. But the in-house lawyers, you don't usually see it. Um, and I know when I had my adventures in, you know, in Above the Law, on LinkedIn, Twitter to some extent, I was basically the only in-house lawyer for a very, very long time. 
And I've had this question from both in-house community and frankly, um, private practice, why? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and my answer has always been, you know, birds fly, fish swim, I create. Um, that is my answer. I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy having conversations with the community, especially about the future of law. But what, if you were to build a case for in-house community, why an in-house council should have social media presence, not necessarily everywhere, but somewhere, yeah. what would be your pitch? It's about community and it is about connection and it's also about personal branding. And I mean, when I say personal branding, I really just mean reputation. Who are you and what are you known for? And what opportunities would be of interest to you? Because there's that, there's that saying that it's not what you know, but who you know. And I take it one step further and I say, well, it's not who you know, but what you know about them. And if you're putting yourself out there to the extent that you feel comfortable on any social media platform that you feel comfortable, the more that you're going to find your people, you're going to find like-minded individuals in the law and maybe outside who are going to think of you if there's an opportunity that might be of interest. And for me, that's, that's really the crux of it. I, I want to be in a community that is uh, interesting, engaged, like-minded individuals. And the more that I speak my truth and be authentic about who I am as, as a person and as a lawyer, the more that I'm connected with people that are similar to me and my values. And so I, I just feel like that can only bring good things. And who knows what they will be? It's not necessarily job opportunities, but it certainly could be, especially if you are looking to make a move or you're out of work and you're looking to come, come back in. There's, there's something to be said about that network and having, having a place online that's you, uh, that's authentic and that's it's professional, yes, but, but shows a side of who you are and what you're about. And I don't think that that can be underestimated. So you mentioned personal branding a couple of times. You just specified that it's really just another word for reputation. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to have one? Why and how? Well, I think we all have one anyway, whether we like it or not. People are aware of, of us and they'll have opinions and judgments about about who we are, what we stand for, and what we're, what we're like and what we do. So why not create that narrative for yourself? Why not have a hand in shaping what people think of you and, and what they think, when they think of you, when they think of opportunities that might be of interest to you? And of course, you, you're not going to be all things to all people and you won't be everybody's cup of tea. That's, that's just human nature. But if you can put yourself out there and craft that reputation, craft that personal brand as someone who's known as the expert in this specific area of the law or someone who's known as an innovative, forward-thinking lawyer uh, or, or someone who I, I think of, I, I'd like someone to speak at my conference on AI. Oh, I know who I'll speak to. I've seen their content you know, X, Y, and Z. It's, it's creating connections for people in their brains. So when they think of you, they think of certain things and that you craft what they think about you rather than 
either not having a reputation or not really being known for anything in particular. And that's, that's completely fine as well. And that's not, um, not to say that this is something that everybody is comfortable in doing. But I think that the more that we can get out of our own head about it and push past the fear of judgment, because there will be judgment anyway. So let's at least try and put ourselves out there in, in the way that we'd like to be perceived in the world. The more that I think opportunities will come and that may be clients business you know if you're private practice lawyer it, it can be really just I think it's fundamental really to to uh, business development but for in-house it, it's not as specific sure but it certainly it certainly has uh, room for creating opportunities for speaking for for engaging with interesting people and also I, I think that it helps create internally that reputation as well that people that you work with can connect with you and and see a different side of you that they may otherwise not have uh, and that might be frightening to some people but I I quite enjoy <laughs> I'm not too concerned about uh, the way that I portray myself online is very consistent with who I am in person so I don't feel like I'm going to get caught out or anything like that yeah yes you know sometimes it's, it's more appropriate to have Olga show up more fully in other forums and say at the meetings when I'm negotiating merger and acquisition, mm -hmm. that's, that's a different side of Olga. It doesn't mean I'm, you know, it just means it's more appropriate to, to have a slightly different uh, approach. Um, we talked about a lot about Instagram. You have other social media presence. Where else can we find you? LinkedIn is, is amazing. I love LinkedIn. There's so many interesting conversations happening there. And uh, also, I think worth checking out my podcast if you are in-house or interested about in-house lawyer life. Uh, it's called Counsel, and I essentially just interview other in-house lawyers across different industries, different countries, and we talk about all things in-house, basically. So, I uh, yeah, I love that project. That was a bit of a, a, a COVID isolation project that sprung up back in April. I've always wanted to have a podcast. I love podcasting. I wanted to learn how to do it. And I couldn't see uh, this particular topic in the market in the way that I wanted to deliver it. So I thought, well, let's do it. Someone else will if I don't. So let's go in, let's go in and create that. And that's, that's been an amazing passion project and something I, I just love doing. My weekends are full of podcasting now. My husband goes to golf and I go and podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there are very, I mean, there are, I think between you and I, I don't know of many others that exclusively focus on in-house lawyers. Um, it is, it's really amazing to me how much impact in-house lawyers have and how really low the profile uh, they have on social media. And they really sort of remain a black box with people who would like to enter the profession or make a pivot. It's sort of like a big mystery and it's incredible. As somebody who tried to figure it out at one point and, and you as well, um, I certainly would have appreciated a little bit more um, transparency about why and how and, and, mm. and where. Um, absolutely. Um, you mentioned COVID and you mentioned branding, personal branding, uh, reputation. Um, what are your thoughts about your personal branding, reputation in 2020? What it means to have one, how you get one, <laughs> where you get one, what approaches work? <laughs> I think I've had more time than ever before to dedicate to networking online and creating a presence online. And 
yeah, creating content, podcasts, LinkedIn and Instagram, it has been an opportunity to to focus in on that because I'm, I'm not out as much. Certainly Australia has, um, we, we certainly have a very different experience of, of COVID-19 to perhaps yourself in the US at the moment. I don't think we even had any new cases yesterday in the entire country, which is, wow, but, uh, some benefit to being on an island, I suppose. <laughs> but I have, life is going back to normal, but mm, COVID normal, but largely I've had a lot more time on my hands, no more travel for work, interstate and overseas, uh, less socialising, and I've, I've put that into these, these new projects. And I think that I, I've seen a number of people do the same because we're, we're not out as much, we're at home and we're connecting in, in, new, in new ways. So I think there's real opportunity there. And uh, if it certainly hasn't passed by any stretch of the imagination. So if it was something that was of interest to you, I would just highly recommend jumping in online to any platform that is of interest. And like I said, you know, TikTok's the next one. We'll all be talking about TikTok for lawyers in a few years. I, I know it sounds crazy. It's not all just teenage girls dancing. There's, there is actually some great lawyer content on there already. And depending on how you like to create, if it's written word, audio, um, perhaps it's visual, YouTube, video, whatever it might be, go and, go and try, go and play around, go and get in, involved in the community, comment on LinkedIn posts and, and start to create a feed of, of really interesting uh, people and topics that, that kind of resonate with you and that will only grow and continue to grow organically. And, um, yeah, I would highly encourage it. I think now is an excellent time to invest in something new, new skills, uh, and it takes our focus off some of the uncertainty in the world. And we can put that, I suppose, that energy into connecting with each other. You mentioned the word content a few times. What inspires your content? Where do your ideas come from? And what are you hoping to accomplish? So much of what I put into the world on any platform is what I wish I had five or 10 years ago. Whenever I am stuck for an idea and I'd like to, I'd like to post something I'm inspired, but I'm just not quite sure what, I, I literally put myself back into Mel at that stage in her career. What was she going through? What were her concerns and her worries and her problems? And I, I instantly get something. Something comes to me. Oh, yes, I wish I had known about the power of recruiters and knowing who was a great recruiter in your area for, uh, for in-house or for the area that you're interested in. And so I'll, I'll write a few little pieces on that, however that will be bullet points or a little blog post, whatever, whatever's best suited. And, and that, that's, that's every time that's where the content comes from, something I wish I had. Uh, often I'll ask people as well, you can, you can do ask me anything on, on Instagram and people can put in questions and it's a nice, you know, safe, anonymous way for them to, to do that. And that gives me some great ideas as well. And I often ask for uh, podcast guests or people that people would like to hear from. I, I'll do that on, on Instagram and I get in, inundated with incredible uh, options. So yeah, from within and, and from the community and what I'm hoping to achieve I really want to fly the flag for the in-house sector and for how you can practice as a lawyer outside of the traditional law firm model. 
so that lawyers uh, or law students and early career lawyers understand that and, and just have, I think, a little bit more perspective on their options so that they don't feel that there's just one way to be a lawyer and if I don't really like that or I don't find my place, then it's all ruined and I'm going to go and open a florist. You will not be ruined. I promise you that. <laughs> I, there, I've taken so much risk in my career. Trust me. You will not yes. be ruined. There is, there is so much more to life. We're going to have so much fun. Mel, I love talking <laughs> to you. You and I can talk all day. I know that. Um, we need to wrap up. Um, sure. and so I'm going to give you a last question. Um, just so that we leave something lingering in the, in the listener and viewers' minds. Um, what, is, what is the best career advice you ever received? The best career advice was from my dad and it applies to all of life I think but for my career he says that it's it's all about the journey not the destination and if we're focused on on getting somewhere and getting something and 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 trying to get to our destination we just end up feeling empty and exhausted and burnt out but if we focus on the journey and how we feel every day. Are we having fun? Are we surrounded by interesting and kind people? Are we learning? Are we making an impact? Are we growing? All of those things, that creates a great career and a great life over time. And it also gives that perspective because I, I do think that our careers are marathons, not sprints. And, it, you know, life is long, all things being equal and and a lot can happen and we can go into in-house, maybe back to private practice, maybe into executive role, into the business, maybe own our own business back in-house. You know, there's, it's like a game of snakes and ladders and there's so many different ways to practice and be as a lawyer. And I think they're only going to continue and having an open mind and a bit of perspective just really takes that pressure off in the early parts of your career. And if you're focusing on that journey, then creating a, an enjoyable journey for yourself, whatever that will mean for you and, and understanding that it can take time to find your place as well. I think uh, you're going to have a, a really interesting and content life. I love it. What a great way to end. You have, can have so much fun at law, focusing mm-hmm. on impact, building relationships, adding value and having an enjoyable time all day, every day. Love it. I, I can't express how much I love it. Mel, thank you so much. I always enjoy our conversation and I always learn a lot from you. We should absolutely do it again. There are many questions that I have gotten the chance to ask you. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I, I really appreciate you finding the time to talk to me. Thank you, Olga. I will see you on Instagram. Oh, you'll see me <laughs> in Instagram and many other places. Yes. <laughs> Remember, we see the things we like. And I definitely see you, so. (laughs) Thank you.